Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is episode 67 of the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. Seasoned Athlete is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We are here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. If you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you really love us, you can support our ability to continue to bring inspirational stories to you by way of either a one-time donation or by becoming a monthly sponsor. Just go to seasonedathlete.me and click on one of the support seasoned athlete buttons to help support this DIY independent podcast. Today, I'm sharing one of my interviews from the Spartan Media Fest brought to you by ATP Science. Spartan Media Fest took place back in September at the Squaw Valley Resort in Lake Tahoe, and I'll be bringing you a bunch of fantastic interviews from that event in the coming weeks. Today, I'll be sharing my conversation with Spartan racer and shower toga inventor Cressa Peterson. Cressa has been running Spartan races for the last eight years. She considers herself to be an everyday athlete, and while racing Spartan, she saw a need for a product to clean up after races. This led to the invention of the shower toga, which by the way, she invented at age 48. In 2019, Cressa took the product onto the show Shark Tank, where she became business partners with Mark Cuban and Allie Webb. Cressa was one of eight people to be chosen to be in the Rakuten Everyday Spartans documentary, and she was the first recipient to be chosen for the Spartan Spirit Award. We had a fun and lively conversation, and I'm so excited to share it with you right now. From the Spartan Media Fest brought to you by ATP Science, here is Cressa Peterson. I am here with Cressa Peterson. Spartan racer, obstacle race athlete, creator of the shower toga as seen on Shark Tank. Welcome to the Season Athlete Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here in what is today a beautiful day in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, you know, when I start airing these podcasts, <laughs> this is going to be a common theme because I think everybody's going to talk about it. It's like, well, it's nice right now yep. and it's going to get ugly when we all have to race. Are you racing this weekend? I'm not because I have to be in the merchandise area and in the warm water Spartan area for shower toga. So unfortunately, I... Uh, Work has to come first on this weekend. I understand. It's really tough, though, to be here and to watch everybody take off and to not be in that group. Um, especially especially at an event like this where it's, yeah. you know, a, a, a world event, an international yeah. event. It's, yeah. it's, it, have you been to Spartan World Championships before? I have not been to the World Championships for Spartan before. This is my first time. I've been running Spartan for about 10 years. Okay. Um, and uh, no, I just haven't I haven't made it out to the World Championships yet. So this is epic. And it's one of those things where you walk around here for days with goosebumps of excitement. And then to not be able to take off at that finish line, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's it's painful. <laughs> well, and that just shows that you're not just here to promote a product. You you are yeah. a part of this culture and this lifestyle. Absolutely. And, and that's why having a product, which we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. having a product like Shower Toga, it's not just somebody else coming in and trying to cash in no. on the OCR world. You are a part of it and you understand it and you've been right. a part of it. So let's let's talk about your athletic background. But before we do that, because this is the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, yes. I'm going to ask you the question I ask all my guests. And that is, what is your age at this moment in time? I am 52 years young. Heck yeah, girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. I love how you own it. Oh, I absolutely. Love how you own it. Come yeah. on. I mean, seriously, look, the 52 is like the new 30. That's what I'm going with. And I wouldn't go back to the age of 30 
if you paid me to. I mean, really, <laughs> we, you know, okay, I may, I'm not as fast as I used to be. I'm not as agile as I used to be, but I appreciate it more, I think, now than I ever did. And that's a really good point. And I think for our listeners, whether they have athletic experience, whether they're considering uh, or whether they're just here for inspiration, just to know that when you reach a certain age, there is a level of appreciation that can come with what your body can do. Well, absolutely. And it's also not just what your body can do. But I like to tell people that are my age and not even my age. I have people that are 40 that I talk to that are like, oh, I'm too old for that. And I'm thinking, okay, look, Mm -hmm. man, you are so not, you know, and it's, it's what your body is capable of overcoming. Like, let's say you've been sitting on the couch, you've been at that desk job forever. Like, but if you go to an OCR gym like yours, Mm -hmm. um, and you train and you try, you can do a Spartan event you can you know if you have to walk the entire sprint that's okay just get out there and do it and you'll be amazed at what your body can still still find in its memory banks from when you were young yeah it'll be a little bit harder than it was when you were in your 20s or your 30s but you can do it. Like, yeah. It's not as bad as you may think. Yeah. The, we all have the capability to get from yeah. start line to finish line. Absolutely. However we get there. Absolutely. Yeah. So t- tell me, uh, were you athletic growing up? Did you play sports? Um, well, what I've, it's funny because what I've done, and it's one of the things I, uh, I, I mentioned on Shark Tank is that I, my background is in show jumping. I was a uh, horses. Yes. I was a show I'm jumping like, I understand athlete what that is. For, for, <laughs> for, for a long time. And then after that, I imported horses from Europe as a broker for high-end show jumpers. So that's my whole background. I mean, before that, I was in gymnastics. And that was growing up, I was a gymnast mm-hmm. in Houston, Texas. And I was very competitive in gymnastics. And then went straight kind of into the horses because... Horses are very expensive, (laughs) and I didn't, I always wanted to ride, I always wanted to jump, but I didn't start doing that until I was probably 30, and then I got into the show jumping industry. So even that is... Like, I would think that's a little later than most pe- most of your it's peers way later. that sport. Yeah, it's way later than most people. So you and were you know, seasoned even then. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it definitely is. And it's, I st- I, you know, I'm still connected to the horse industry. I always will be. My Some of my best friends in the world are, are from that industry. Um, I'm just lucky that I was matched up with really good coaches and really good people. Um, because just like your trainer that you have in a Spartan event, I mean, they can make that you know th- that's make or break right there right, it's sure. no different you know in in show jumping it's all in the advice that you get that is going to help promote you and your sport yeah especially when you're reaching competitive levels right yeah, exactly now sure. in show jumping i was never very competitive um i mean i did compete of course i competed for years but i wouldn't sit there and say i was like you know a great show jumper by any means but i had a passion for the sport i have a passion for horses i still have a huge passion for horses um um, and uh, I mean, I did ride the A circuit, so that's you know that's the upper levels. But there was definitely a lot of people better than I was. I like that you're just like you were downplaying the whole thing. You're oh, like, no, oh, that's very good. Very true. It wasn't very good, but I was competitive and I did the A circuit. I got but hurt no, no, no. a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and that's a lot of There's a lot of danger in that. A lot of 
uh, injuries, a yeah. lot of bad injuries. Is that why you eventually stepped away? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. And then how did you find your way into obstacle racing and how old were you? Um, I've been doing Spartan for about 10 years now. I, so I guess I was, you know, around 42, 43. And it's interesting because my husband... I was still pretty athletic, just I worked out, you know, I ran a little bit, you know, I was definitely not in Spartan shape, but um, my husband was actually the one that was very out of shape and mostly cardiovascularly. He was under a lot of stress. We owned a building company in Georgia and the economy was tanking and there was just a lot of stress that we had on us, you know, our business personally. He'd kind of let himself go. Um, and I saw a Spartan ad on television. Hmm. And I, I, first of all, I'll back up by saying I had bought him a, a thing for a gym. Um, and it was a CrossFit gym. And he went there the first time and they literally killed him. Like he was, <laughs> he barfed and he was sick and he, oh, and it was too much, yeah. you know, it was like way too hardcore. So yeah. then he, I got, I bought him a Groupon for Spartan race and he did it and he became kind of addicted to it and i was like this is cool so i watched him from the sidelines but then um i had been diagnosed with it was i was very lucky it was early stage breast cancer but after i had my mastectomy i thought you know what i want to get it like get it back together like i want to get I, I don't know. I had a different appreciation, even though, again, mine was early stage. I was very lucky, um, but I still opted to have a double mastectomy. And I don't know. It kind of it wasn't the worst thing that ever happened to me. You know, it was at the time. But later you, you kind of you, your perspective on things changes. And I decided I want to do Spartan races. I want to kind of get myself into a competitive nature like my husband had. Um, and so that's kind of what got me going. And then once I did it, that was it. It's like I would be all through the course going, I hate this. Why am I doing this? I'm too <laughs> old for this. And I'd finish and I'd get my medal and I'd go, all right, when's the next one? I've heard that story so many times. So true, though. <laughs> it I is might have true. said that yes. once or twice. It's, it's yeah. so accurate. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my journey with getting involved in obstacle course races. Yeah. And you still you still race? I do. Awesome. I do. And, you know, again, I'm not going to podium. I go out there. I do my best. I have fun. I am competitive. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm competitive in a way where I hope, okay, well, maybe I'll beat that person that I that beat me last time. Yeah. Not that person may be in, you know, 20th place right. for my age group, or they may be in second place for my age group, depending on the race. It's just kind of figuring out how to be competitive with myself mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, move up the ranks a little bit, but not, you know, I'm right. not going to podium and I, and I don't want to because right. that's not really my, my, uh, my reason for racing Spartan. Yeah. And everybody has different motivation. That's something I've I'm glad learned. people really yeah. do have the motivation to podium at, you know, at, um, at an older age. Heidi is, um, I don't know if you know Heidi, she's a Spartan racer and she podiums in our age group and mm -hmm. she's a, she's an amazing athlete and that is her motivation. Yeah. And she's an inspiration to me, although I don't, I don't want to be at that point. Right. She's still an inspiration to well, me. It helps drive you forward of in your course. own goals. Yeah. Yes, to have absolutely. people to look up to. And I'm, I'm the same way. I'm an age group athlete and, and I've met the women in my age groups and the surrounding age groups and, and they all inspire me and exactly. I all, you know, aspire to, to kind of, 
get to their levels or get anywhere near their levels. Or, exactly. You know. And maybe you'll beat them at one race and you're like, oh my gosh, and then they, they, and then beat, they beat you at the another. next race. Yeah. And it's, all, it's all camaraderie. Uh, yeah. You know? And that's, and especially with the women, I think it's like, there's I agree. A, that's a great sisterhood. Yes. And we're very fiercely competitive on the course and then yeah. we all love each other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> absolutely. And my husband is part of this um, uh, older male ath- uh, OCR group um, called the Grey Berets. <laughs> and it's all these racers over 50 and they it's funny because usually I think it is I think you're right it is the women in the group with the exception of as they've built that group the gray berets they've kind of they're the male version of us they figured it out (laughs) yes there's some there's some kind of like uh female DNA in there somewhere that's helping them kind of connect yeah. and become, you Life know. Life is better when you support each Hello, other. Hello, hey, right, we've right. We've known this all along. We've had this figured out the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's lead into how Shower Toga came about. Okay, so Shower Toga was born in Asheville, Spartan, and I want to say it was probably, I should know this off the top of my head, probably four years ago. And I don't know what happened at that race, but that race absolutely like beat me down that was I had done lots of big races but that race for whatever reason maybe it was my mood that day it was a combination of a lot of things and I was miserable and I finished the race and I was covered in mud we had checked out of our hotel room and we still had like a four and a half hour drive to go back to Atlanta and I just had this little mental breakdown. I needed to get clean so bad and there was no way to get clean, like really get clean. Mm -hmm. So when I got home, I looked on Amazon. I was like waterproof changing garment, waterproof uh, changing towel. Like I looked everywhere. There was nothing anywhere. I looked everywhere. So I went down to Walmart and I bought diaper cover material with forest animals on it. (laughs) Literally, this is a true story. This was only for me to make for me. And I figured out how to make this product just for me. So when I went to races, I could actually clean up when I was done. And I made something. I don't sew at all. So it was ridiculous. I still have it to this day. I would hope you hold on to that. I did. Like it was, I have it to this day. And so I took it to a race and everybody's looking at me and they're like, okay, you're kind of insane. Like really? <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. I'm going to be clean. You right. guys can do whatever you want. So like, who is this high maintenance lady with her? Oh yeah. With you her, know, with this crazy, you know, diaper. the only thing that was waterproof was diaper cover material. Right. And the only diaper cover material had little animals on it. I'm like, I don't care. Right. So I used it in every, I used it for a couple of months and right away I would have grown men Hey, Cressa, can I use that thing? It was that thing for a month. That thing was gone. I'd hit a race. That thing was traveled to 30, 40, <laughs> 50 people within a race. And I went, wait, okay. Like, I, I, I think maybe there's something to this. So the first thing I did is I decided I'm going to check into I'm going to do a patent search to make sure I'm not infringing on somebody else's invention. I wasn't. And then we did a Kickstarter. And I told my husband, look. I'll do a Kickstarter. If it, if it funds, we'll do this. We'll try it. If it doesn't fund, then we know it wasn't as great of an idea as we thought it was. And it funded. And then I had to figure out how to manufacture a retail product, how to do, you know, patent processes, how to, I mean, everything. I had never done anything like this before, ever. And it was never intended to be what it is now. Yeah. So it really is hustle and just one foot in front of the other. 
And I tell people all the time. Well, you know, it does solve a huge Mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. And we've sold thousands of shower togas. We have a 100% money back guarantee. We have never had one returned. Not once. Somebody's going to mess that up for me now. Right. But we have right, never yeah. had you just one return. yourself, but yeah. I did, right. But it's okay. But we, we you have still it. have a fantastic track record no matter what. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's really how it how the whole process evolved for inventing the product. And how old were you when this all got started? Like four years ago. So 48. 48 years old. And yeah. that's a topic we actually haven't really gotten into that specifically on the show because we always talk about athletics. But here you are at age 48. Yes. And you invented something. Absolutely. And took all and figured out how to turn it into a retail product. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. I'll tell you what makes it possible for somebody to do. And that is, first of all, that you ignore the haters. When people are saying, oh, that's silly, oh, that's no, you ignore them. If you feel like you have a good idea, you have to put all that out the window. And you have to have some thick skin. You know, you don't always have thick skin. I mean, sometimes, you know, people can hard, yeah. people can be, you know, a little tough. But you have to be strong enough to pu- to push through that. And the other thing is don't give up. I mean, I had probably... 30 times I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do this. And then I would rally right back, you know, but just don't give up. There's no, you know, age doesn't, doesn't determine where we can go. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's no reason that at 48, I couldn't invent a product probably actually better than somebody that's 30, you know, that Mm -hmm. just graduated school. I mean, there's no reason at all. You just have to hustle and you have to want it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when you land on the right idea. Right. And you know it has some. There's something to it. You you saw it at races with your diaper cover. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So le- tell me about how this ended up on Shark Tank. Well, <laughs> and that's there's a funny story because I started as soon as we the Kickstarter was launched, and I ended up um, <laughs> I <laughs> as soon as the Kickstarter was launched, and um, I I told people I'm going to go on Shark Tank. And there you go again. Everybody's like, oh, okay. Sure you are. You're sure you are, <laughs> right? But I know I'm a hustler. I push, I push, I push, I push. So I applied to be on the show. And it was funny because I sent in my um, online application for the show. And three hours later, I went to the gym. And I was working out at the gym and I got a phone call. And it was from one of the producers at Shark Tank. And I thought, okay. I must have done some scammy online thing that I didn't realize wasn't, you know, I really, yeah, I, was, I would be very skeptical I if I heard from them that quickly. I was super skeptical. Yeah. And she goes, no, I know this never happens. We were actually wrapping up and we just, they do go through all of them. They really do. They go through all of the applications. Now I will say that's the beginning of a very, very long, long process. I think a lot of people get that phone call and they think, oh my gosh, I almost got on Shark Tank. I'm on Shark Tank. No. no. It took us 16 months. Wow. 16 months before we filmed. It's very, very hard. Um, There's a lot of legal. There's a lot of background checks. There's a lot of interviews with producers. There's a lot of videos that you do for producers. It is... And they they wean the people out that aren't going to... It's easy to wean people out of that process, I think. Yeah. And so if you don't have like the tenacity and you're not going to go 100 percent, I mean, you're not going to be 10 minutes late sending in a video because they're they're going to find reasons to cut the people Mm -hmm. that aren't like, you know, 100 percent. So we uh, ended up, you know, after 16 months of going 
lots and lots of hard work um, filming in L.A., and you're there for several days. And then even then, you can film and not get aired. Right. A lot the of people of film show business. and don't get aired. Yeah. And we only found out, we had a pretty good idea we were going to air because we really had a good time with it. We were very passionate about Shower Toga. I ended up getting a deal with Mark Cuban and Ali Webb from Dry Bar. So we felt pretty confident that we were going to air. I kind of feel like I nailed it. <laughs> and so did my family. Yeah. <laughs> so. I can just tell by your energy right here sitting with you. Like, it's not necessarily when you go on a television show, like, yes, you need to have a good product. Yeah. But you have to have the right energy. You Absolutely. have to be able to present and, yeah. and be good television. Well, you, you have know? to. I mean, it's yeah. Shark Tank. I mean, if everybody goes on there and they're just mundane mm-hmm. and here's my... Pro- no, nobody's going to watch that. You know, yeah. I mean, it has to be this recipe. And uh, the producers of Shark Tank have done... I mean, they've been up for so many Emmy nomina- nominations. They've won so many Emmy nominations. And that's all because they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They are amazing. The crew there is unbelievable. Everybody there is such a professional and they're just epic at their jobs but they they know how to how to make good tv mixed in with products that the sharks will want to invest in potentially yeah you know and you're one of the few yeah that got invested i know mark cuban and ali webb is it yeah ali webb they invested in your product how has that changed things for you um for well here's the thing that's interesting about shark tank is a lot of times i think people misunderstand that you go on Shark Tank and all of a sudden you're like in your Jimmy Choo's on a yacht with gold chains <laughs> and your bathing suit. Okay. It's nothing like that. I'm rich. Yeah. No. Like I, I still have money. not taken one dime for Shower Toga for myself. I take no salary. I still am building the business. Um, yes. Now I have a team to work with that is like, it's amazing. Like literally Mark, I'll email Mark. He emails me back within 10 minutes. It's bizarre. Yeah, right? And he doesn't just do that with me. He does that with all of his Mark Cuban companies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he's, he's so, I mean, they're both just incredible partners, but you're going to do the work yourself. Nobody does it for you. And I think that's how they invest in people. They look and they see, okay, who is going to, who's not going to sit back and go, okay, now I got to deal with Mark and Allie. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like that's the person they don't want. Yeah. The people who think it's going to be easy. No, it is actually 10 times harder after Shark Tank. And the reason for that is because so many doors open for you. So you have a lot more time involved in building your product. You have a lot more time involved in, in checking out who these companies are. Who do you want to do work with? Who do you want to help with your social media? What retailers do you want to go into? There's a lot to it. And Shark Tank is this huge platform, but it's a platform that offers you the ability to actually work 10 times harder than you ever worked before Shark Tank. Yeah. For me, I love that. For some people, that may not be for them. Yeah. It, it's like it, it, um, it unleashed your ability to, to do what you've been wanting to exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But you still do you it. You still got to do I it. I mean, Mark's a busy guy. <laughs> right. right? I to... mean, he's not going to be sitting there going, let me make that phone call to, right. you know, Camping World for you. No. I mean, <laughs> he's a busy guy. Like, <laughs> I do camping it. Camping World. Right. I mean, I'm the one that still, like, meets with people and talks to people. Now, I do have a team um, in Dallas that will that help me with, a, I mean, they're unbelievable. They're unbelievable. They help me with all kinds of different things, but it's more in guidance. It's more like, look, here's what we think. You know, here's what you could do next. Um, and, you know, it's, it's funny. I tell people all the time, 
if I had known what I was going to get out of being on Shark Tank, I would have done it for no money. <laughs> right? Yeah, I would have. I would have done it for no money at all just to have, you know, them helping me. Right. You know, my yeah, investors yeah. helping me with advice and opening doors. And, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, it's been a huge blessing. Yeah. And probably a bit of a wild ride. Still a wild Still ride. A wild I mean, ride. oh my gosh, you know, and like I, I, well, I was telling you when we sat down, it's led to the co-branding deal with Spartan Race. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a Spartan sells Spartan shower togas. It's led to doing the Everyday Spartans documentary from Rockatan. So we've climbed Mount Fuji with Joe DeSena. A couple weeks ago, we were in Vermont. He just beat the crap out of us. <laughs> And doing doing Joe things to oh you. Oh man, yeah, and he's he's tough. And for those who don't know, Joe DeSena is the founder of Spartan Race. Yeah. And, and he, he's a different kind of human being. Like I don't even think he's a human being. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out exactly what he is. It's right. like a a cyborg or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. You know, it was funny because before I agreed to do the Everyday Spartans documentary, I talked to Corolla Jane, who's a genius chief marketing officer of Spartan. And I was like, look, hold on. This is called Everyday Spartans, right? Because I'm 52. I'm the oldest one in Everyday Spartans. And if this is Spartan elite podium athletes, I I don't, I can't do that. That's Mm -hmm. not what I do. And she's like, no, no, no. This is definitely Everyday Spartans, which she was right to a degree. But then when you get in front of Joe, he forgets that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he goes, okay, now we're going to hike and we're going to do this and we're going to carry a 200 pound pipe and we're going to you know, climb Mount Fuji with one hour of sleep in three days and like no yeah. food. And like, I'm like, oh, yeah, he just wants to put you all through the death race, basically. We did. Yeah. And in Vermont, it was actually like it was like the, it yeah. was it's that's where they hold it. So holy yeah. moly, yeah. it was brutal. <laughs> but the other side of it, as I thought, I actually did it all. You did it. Yeah. And I never would have. I really if I had watched it ahead of time and somebody had said, Cressa, you're going to go do these things. You're going to climb Mount Fuji. You're going to go to Vermont and Joe's going to put you through this. I would have been like, I no, I'm not. Yeah. But I did. But and, and it just speaks to a point that you you've actually already made on the show and about the sort of tenacity and grit and resilience and abilities of everyday people yeah. to do more than they realize they can do. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I like that I learned, I learned from in Japan more than anything is that comfort's overrated. <laughs> I like to be comfortable, um, but I realized that when I got, when I get really, really, really uncomfortable is when I grow, I'll go back to being comfortable again, but I would recommend anybody that is at any age, but especially as we get older, we can't get too comfortable. We need to push ourselves and way beyond what you actually choose to do. Like put a goal out there for yourself that you don't even think is physically attainable. And just take your time, but push through it and make yourself really uncomfortable because it's incredibly gratifying when you're finished. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know. That's something that um, that the documentary has definitely taught me. I've been uncomfortable before. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think I've been as uncomfortable as <laughs> I've been in the last few months. <laughs> and is that documentary still continuing? Are you still going to this different places? This is the last shoot we have is here in Tahoe. Okay. Yeah, the film crew's all here from Rakuten, and uh, our last shoot will be this um, in Tahoe here. And then the first episode, I believe, airs the end of October, and I think... I don't want to, I could be wrong, but I think it's on YouTube TV. It'll be on Rocketon TV. And then 
I think you see where it goes from there. Do mm-hmm. other people pick it up? I think it just depends on the success of it. So everybody listen to Everyday Spartans or watch the Watch show. Everyday Spartans. Everybody watch Everyday Spartans. Keep an Spartans. eye out for that. Exactly. And of course, we'll, if this episode comes out after it comes out, we'll put a link into that That'd as awesome. well. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So you, you're doing another segment here. So you're, they're going to put you through some physical tests? Well, here, I don't or? think we're going to do the physical tests here. Um, we've been through so much physical tests um and we've really all overcome all eight of us have overcome a lot in these last few months uh this is going to more be kind of a wrap-up party we're going to do some filming for shower toga we're going to do some wrap-up um party with everybody that's here from everyday spartans kind of just to finalize the the months that we've been filming and to finalize it at the world championships is just epic yeah you know joe will be sense. here you know um there's a lot of people here from spartan mike lunardelli who does like all retail he's a big wig he'll be here corolla's here so i think the spartan experience here for the documentary is going to just be pulling all those people together to kind of thank rocketon mm-hmm. and thank spartan for celebrate this yeah but if, if joe's in charge you might be celebrating out in the snow i'm trying to i'm trying to run away from joe i see joe and i run the other i run in the other direction but he caught me yesterday no i'm because you never know what he's gonna make you do no but you actually don't like i was t- I, joe was in march yesterday and he was telling somebody oh yeah you know here's cressa they dropped the kettlebell in vermont well, what happened is we're out in the freezing water in Vermont. It's literally freezing. And there's eight of us swimming out there. We have full life jackets on. But then he he's in a canoe. He hands us the 40-pound kettlebell. And literally to this uh, one of our teammates named Frank, he grabs the kettlebell and he sinks. Like, goes down. Well, Frank is the kind of guy he'll drown himself, right? I mean, he just will die, like, before he'll let go of the kettlebell, because that's just Committed Frank. to the cause. Oh, no, he's amazing. Yeah. So then Jess, this other girl, dives down to relieve Frank of it, and all of a sudden she comes up, and all you see is her little tiny mouth getting a gush of air, and then she hits the ground while we drop the kettlebell. I mean, it's gone. So then Joe's like, well, you got to find that kettlebell. That was my grandma's kettlebell. We're like, okay, this was not your grandma's First kettlebell. First of all, yeah. Hello. <laughs> but no, he's like, you got to find it. you got to find it. We're in an... A huge gigantic lake with wind blowing we're moving with the current and you know joe's telling everybody in march yeah they dropped my kettlebell i'm like i want to see the science behind if that was even physically possible right. to hold ahead You're because like, it, was, it was it was i didn't see you going and getting a joe <laughs> oh yeah no i mean i think it's probably because he's probably actually done it he's yeah. probably dropped a freaking kettlebell in the middle of the ocean and gone and found yeah. it he I didn't mean, drop the, it he like through it yeah and then voluntarily and then went found it. It. right i mean that's why i say i think he said he had a cyborg or yeah. something i you know i don't know but yeah it's actually been it's been awesome and i totally i totally like debate him and argue with him all the time but i'm really thankful that yeah. he's built this epic you know company that has you know done so much for all of us yeah it's 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 helped you find a new kind of lease on life in regards to your athletic side oh it's yeah. helped open doors for your product i wouldn't have ever invented shower toga right? if it hadn't have been for spartan right i mean it's really bizarre it I has mean, changed your life absolutely like, i think there's a lot of people who say spartan has changed my life but i think it, it actually has really changed, changed my life. life in more ways than one i yeah. mean it's just it's it's been this you know snowball of um opportunities for me because of spartan yeah i mean you know I, i'd like to think i'd be doing something else really cool also so if it wasn't because of Spartan, I don't know. But I do know that Spartan is responsible for my 
for my OCR sport and for my product and for getting my husband in shape. You know, now my husband's a, a total badass. You know, he will podium in his age group. He, you know, he's an amazing athlete. And this is a guy that couldn't walk around the tennis court four times without being winded. I mean, that's true. Yeah. You know, so there's, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's been, it's been pretty amazing, but it also goes to show you that where we were 10 years ago is where so many people that would be listening today are right now. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wish there was some way to really let people know that, you know, you can be, you know, a hundred pounds overweight. You can have bad eating habits. You can not have a workout routine, but you, you can actually get rid of that. Like you really can, you can really make it happen. Yeah. There's always a starting point. There's always a starting point and you can start and you're never too late. We say that all the time. It's it's so true though. Yeah. It's so true. It's just getting people to believe it. You know, they have to, they have to believe it. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping there's at least one person listening to this. Well, and that's the that, thing. Like, right. That, that, that connects with them. And then if you were saying, I wish there was a way, hopefully this is a way. Well, when you, you do know? a podcast for people that are over 40, like you're part of the solution, you know, yeah. and, and that's, that's awesome. And that's why <laughs> I really wanted to do this podcast with you. Cause I thought, all right, look, there's a lot of podcasts and not to take anything from, you know, the elite athletes and everybody who's talking about, okay, well I'm, you know, keto this week and I eat, you know, 20 grams of carbs next week. All right. That's great and all, but I loved what you were doing because I feel like there's a really broad audience and there's a lot of people over 40 that are finding their new, you know, their, their new voice. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that was, uh, I'm, I love that you're doing this. I thank think you. it's really epic. Oh, uh, thank you so much. And I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to join me today. Yeah. Uh, where can people learn about you and Shower Toga? Um, they can go to uh, Um On Instagram, we're shower underscore toga. Um, Facebook is just Shower Toga. They can also Google Shower Toga and see way more of me than they want to. <laughs> I'm sick of myself at this point. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, um, we're also on Amazon through our retail partner, which is Clever Training. Um, there's a lot of great things happening. Uh, I do, you know, my team does do a lot of my social media, but I get all the messages, you know, as long as they're, you know, not, not, you know, not weird. I get all the sure. nice. You know. I'm sure you get some weird ones. Too. I get some weird ones, especially after Shark Tank. Um, <laughs> but no, like if people have questions for me, go on shower toga, send me a message, send me a message on Instagram. Like I'll get it. And it, you know, if you have a, a question about being an athlete over 40, um, if you have a question about being an entrepreneur or you want some advice, I'm not, I'm not a pro. Look, I did it, you know, one step at a time, baby steps, but I'm happy to help anybody that wants to reach out and just say, Hey, look, I run into this roadblock, whether it's physically, mentally, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, i you know, reach out to me. I'd be happy to to answer back anybody that has a you know a question I can help them with anyway. Yeah, well, and I think you probably could help with on a lot of areas because you're you're living it and you've been living it yeah. from zero from diaper uh, from, you diaper know, cover material uh, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot of times we say you know from diapers to this is you know the progression we made and for you it's actually literal. It's literal. You, you made it out of a diaper. I did, <laughs> and you know it's funny because actually now I have meetings um in a month and a half at UCLA with. Um, some doctors for a uh, 
kind of like Alzheimer's and geriatric patients for shower toga. Because when you think about it, shower toga has so many uses that aren't just for Spartan races. Um, A lot of times caregivers are taking care of their parents Mm -hmm. and they don't, the parents are really uncomfortable being completely you know, stripped down in front of their children or their caregivers. So we're looking into that aspect. We're also um, right now um, doing a shower toga out of a a biodegradable material for disaster relief. Mm. So we've gone into all these different avenues. So it's literally from diapers to elder care (laughs) right? and everything in between between. but it's actually our customers are the ones that tell us this yeah like it's not that i decided oh well we're i'm going to go into this market it's that i got emails from people like your listeners that said hey look i use shower toga for this like i love those you know i never would have thought of that right like it's going to be really cold here tomorrow and sunday um and we're actually donating a bunch of shower togas after i leave here we're taking them to the emts so they can get people out of clothes for hypothermia and they're super excited about that so we're giving them this big box of shower togas just to get people out of their wet clothes yeah so you know if people look at my product and they have a comment they have a suggestion i welcome them yeah I love it. I love it. Oh, this is so awesome. Cressa, thank you so much for being on the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. This was fantastic. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad I came. And I'm so glad that you were gracious enough to invite me. And I I love what you're doing. Thank you so much. I love what you're doing as well. Thank you. All right, Seasoned Athletes. Here are my top three takeaways from Cressa Peterson. Number one, you can do a race at any age. Even if you have to walk the entire thing, you can complete a race. We all have the capability to get from start line to finish line. You can be 100 pounds overweight. You can be out of shape. You may not think it's possible, but you can absolutely make change in your life. The key element is you have to believe it. Number two, you can find your new voice post age 40. For Cressa, she found a new sport. And at the age of 48, she created a product and became an entrepreneur and eventually became business partners with Mark Cuban and Allie Webb. Never think you're too old to make bold change and start big new beginnings in your life. And number three, participating in a sport can change your life. It sounds like a cliche, but it wouldn't be a cliche if there wasn't an element of truth to it. It can help you lose weight, feel healthier, get stronger, make new friends. And in Cressa's case, it may just help you land on an idea that might just eventually take you to Shark Tank. Thank you to Cressa Peterson and to Spartan, the Spartan Up podcast, and ATP Science for putting on an incredible event at the Spartan Media Fest. Learn more about Shower Toga at showertoga.com. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard in this episode is from musical innovator Jason Achilles. Learn more about him at jasonachilles.com. You've been asking for seasoned athlete shirts, and now they're here. Go to seasonedathlete.me and click on shop to see our selection of tees, tanks, sweatshirts, water bottles, and more. Shop now and proudly own your status as a seasoned athlete. Do you know of someone who would make a great guest on this show? Or do you have an inspirational story to share? Shoot us an email, seasonedathlete at gmail.com. And remember, you can help bring inspiration to more people by subscribing, sharing, and leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Now go on out and embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you so can.